I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to bowl a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screen writing. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. Yes. You see how we do that, Larry? That was cool. I'm learning as I go. It's coming. It's all about that event. About that event. (laughs) (laughs) So, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Ain't that right, Lisa? Lisa Cold Jam, just staring at me like a little puppy or something. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> what movie you been watching? Now you speaking French and shit. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> so y'all hear her voice, Lisa Bullacaja. We call her the street nerdist, Larry. Mm-hmm. Why we do that? Because you, you what? Because you crazy? Because I'm crazy? <laughs> no. Because I can be hood when I need to be. And why else? And why I can else? also like be very word. academic. <laughs> I can be very academic if I need to be. Right. Uh, especially those of you, when we did our earlier uh, episodes of the podcast, when we mm. first started, and mm. I went in and did the whole zombie lecture. <laughs> <laughs> and people was like, okay, she wasn't playing. I was right. like, let me tell you the history of zombies and zombie right. movies. <laughs> and it was like listening notes. Like It was a whole class. It was mm. a master class mm-hmm. on horror and black horror and how that came to be. So, <laughs> hello, everyone. That's what's up. And then we got my man in here. Christopher Derrick. Why do I call you Christopher all of a sudden? Where the fuck that come from? I don't know. <laughs> no one calls you Christopher at all. No. Here. Some people do. Is that that's Grown the folks name, do. right? That's the full yes. name, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Some Mama call him Christopher and shit. Right? When she's angry. <laughs> when she's angry. <laughs> yeah. that's, right. that's when you know you're in big trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Chris Derrick from the writing directing team, the Derrick Brothers. What's up, Chris? Not much, man. Just uh, working. Yeah. Getting ready to do um, something. Got Were you shooting about. something recently? Something for Alex. Okay, because you know, like, I know I saw you guys on the yeah, set doing something. Yeah, he's like he's um, relaunching his <clears throat> uh, his clothing line that he had about ten years ago. It's called Zulu Rose. We shot <laughs> some stuff okay. down in Chinatown. Right. Um, he's gonna, I guess, put launch it up. I'm putting out some merchandise on the. Really? What kind of merchandise are we talking about? I have a Queens of Cinema shirt that's gonna drop. I'm on, sorry. Did he say Queens he of did? Cinema? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's gonna drop on Monday. It's just see, Larry. We talking about cinephiles. These two wait, bitches right wait. here. Wait, wait, and what will be on <laughs> these shirts? Right. Well, the first one just has the names of these top seven uh, black female directors that oh, I'm really? thinking about. Yeah, so it's it's Ama Asante. Oh, you gonna yes. sell that? It's, it's it's Darnell Martin. It's, Say that. It's, it's Ava DuVernay. Thank right? you. It's Dee Rees. Mm-hmm. It's Victoria Mahoney. And yeah, Cheryl Dunye on there now, and it's Chewy Dash. I only got seven right now. That's the first one. Okay, sure. I'm, I'm trying to. Do. I'm trying to get you on the girl. No, the next one. The next one. A sequel T-shirt. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's gonna drop Monday. Oh, cool. The site and everything. The the I've been I've been trying to get the 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 revamp. The revamp of the site is done. I just have to put it. You know, migrated over, and then I was like, I need to do some merchandise. Right. So, well, I would I'm definitely be buying shirt because you know I'm a shirt fanatic. Good idea. 
Yes. Well, shit, we come out with a new shirt every week. We never put it out to it. She always says some crazy stand. I'm like, girl, that's a shirt right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Right. I'm going to do it now. Let's I'll, start doing this I'll, shit. I'll, it, it'll Sell be on the it. site. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get my yes. 10%. Okay, so I'm doing now. that. Create no brand. I love how he has his journal. Like I, My journal's in my car, but I love how you bring your journal. Oh, you yeah. I just noticed it's all neat and shit. Remember when I used to do that? Yeah. And then I felt bad because people would be like pressured. Like they would come in and sit and I would have my notebook. Well, it looked like you was looked like you asking questions. No, no, it was. I mean, I was. And then, sometimes they, no, no, and then sometimes they would look at me like, what is she writing? And I thought, you know what, let me just not do that anymore and make people nervous. So I mean, now that you're bringing it back, I'll bring mine back. Then. There's no backup to that. What, what have you ever lost that? Um, right. Okay, so this is the last one that I'll be getting like this. Okay, what you going to do now? But there is one that um, you can get from Evernote. Evernote's is that the one great. you write? And, and, yeah, and, 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 and it's, the pages are set up in a way. There's like some micro dots in the pages. So what you write on the in the thing appears on your on your computer as science fiction as science fiction as a cloud backup. Right. You know. So those of us who still like Double to do stuff by hand, by hand, yeah. still, like, still do by hand. And okay. Well, over. how much is that? I bet you it's pricey, isn't it? Uh, I think it's like thirty nine dollars. Oh, that's not bad. I was the, thinking like a hundred bucks. Well, for the like it was an iPad for the book, but the pen. Oh, that's where they get you. I think it's one night. That's like when cell phones first came out and uh, everybody was like, oh, the phone just said, no, no, it's going to be <laughs> right. the company that Wait, you provides buy that cord it. It's not the, the phone. Job. It's yeah. the service provider. That's where the money's yeah. going to come from. That's All right. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So today we got my man on the show, my home team over here. <laughs> Good to be Larry, Larry Andrews, everybody. Y'all might know him from a bunch of shows. We about to get into it real deep. Writer, producer himself. And Welcome to the show. And now director. And now that's wrong. Okay. My God, I almost went my link on that. that <laughs> Listen. Yeah. We got to go in on that. That's exactly. What did you direct? Welcome what to the show. I directed my first hour TV uh, okay. about six weeks ago for Sci-Fi. That's for, what's up. For, for, for what show? Uh, the show I'm executive producing and writing called mm-hmm. Supernatural. The story, Marvel Peoples. Mar- yeah, Marvel mm-hmm. Peoples. Yeah. And I have to tell you. Wait, wait. This, it, the, the, yes, that's on right now on the Sci-Fi yeah, Channel. Oh, I thought that was coming out next year. I it's so already out. Yeah, I want to see it, that. They're halfway through so, the season. Right. They're on episode six already. Oh, it started in, in, in October, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, October 20th. Is that right. exactly I right? That's right. See, I, I, thought, see, I knew this. Yeah, you, we talked about it. We talked about it. I thought it was right. late in there like in December, too. And then all of a sudden, my mom was like, Hey, there's a show on here with Mario Van Peebles, right. and there's some black people, right. yeah, and it's like yeah, supernatural. Yeah, 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 and, and, yeah, yeah. and have you seen the show? And I was like, it's on already. Damn it! <laughs> it is. See, see this. You know what it is? Is because I don't have cable right now, so I watch everything on the on a streaming app. True. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm a big, big fan of The Expanse. Yes. You know, and so I so I typically like you know what. Um, for the last two seasons, have used that as my lead-in to watch other shows. Right. Like, like your boy, he was on here uh, who wants to go on Nick and Costa, his right. show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know, right. so I saw that because I saw the thing, but I haven't. But the expanse is not Channel pushed. Zero. Channel Zero, yes, yeah, right. pushed. Yeah, I haven't, right. I haven't been watching the promos yet. So it just snuck up on you. It snuck up on me, but I'm gonna watch it now that I know it's. Out. I'm just gonna. Put on the app. Right, see, see, it's gonna right, go put it in the journal. In- <laughs> <laughs> if he writes it down, it's gonna be done. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited for it because it's like corn is smart. And plus, like I said, like this is when I knew it was out already because mm-hmm. one of my friends, hi, and uh, one of my Twitter peeps who I always see at WizCon, like she is like the queen of finding shows and right. letting me know, like Lisa, like I trust her judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem is the shows that we like. 
they tend to get canceled after a while because it's like they either get really popular and it gets expensive and then right. they're on a network that doesn't want to put money right. into it and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little nervous. Underground. And yes. And she said, but there's a silver fox on here. Right. I was like, who? So we're like, who? Oh, what is his name? The actor, the, the Asian actor with the gray hair. He's doctor. He plays doctor on the show. It's, oh God, he's a doctor on the show. Oh yeah. Doctor, and I need to talk about Dr. Kim. Right. When we saw his picture, I mean, they already got what's his name on there, who's fine anyway, the, the young actor. And it was just like, who's this guy? And I go, what show is this? And she goes, it's the show that you're supposed to be watching right now. And I'm like, it's out right now? Like, I had it on my calendar, like December. Right. Life is going to be my binge watch. My liquor, I'm curled up on the couch like a human burrito. <laughs> binge watch on my love stuff. I it's sci-fi had put more into marketing. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, because, yeah, because like I was just saw, sci-fi is not doing the job right because I had seen like like a thumbnail on it and I, the thumbnail was like more even people sitting in like yeah, exactly. Mario yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like, like a marble throne yeah. or something yeah. like right. that and right. I was like when is that coming because that looks dope yeah. right. right so yeah, it's one. Well, of, yeah, it's one of those things like a uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Yes, who I watch Speak all the, the time. You know, <laughs> I have supported you. I have supported you when you were like B-level stuff on the Sunday. <laughs> you know, like Sharknado. You know, I'm a Sharknado fan. I've been supporting the network. You need to hire me to do your social media. Okay, look. So Let's I can it. tell people about these shows because you can't have Mario Van Peebles up there with that throne chair, Dude, looking like, amazing, and then don't let and have me thinking thinking it's coming out in December. Right. Got my eggnog, <laughs> my sun- I thought it was Not next year. I thought it was next planning, year. Planning my Southern Comfort eggnog, right. planning my stuff. And my mother has to come and text me like, Mario Van Peebles is on TV already. Do you know about the show? I'm like, Mama, what? What? So, yeah. So, Sci-Fi Channel, hire me. I will hook yeah. you up and get people to watch the show. You know, it's killing me a little bit is that I got my, my editor's cut last night. Oh, really? I haven't mm. seen it yet, so I have no idea what it looks like. Uh-huh. I've already been told to prepare for crisis counseling right. because yes. the first cut, you go, oh my God, what have they done? Right. And then you just start to willing it and making it good and making it great. And that will air early next year. Well, let's, so, let's is it, the, is, this is the editor's cut. Right, right. right. Editor's okay, cut. Right. So, okay, right. she did, uh, he did his cut for four days. Now right. I get four or five days to do my cut. Four right. days to cut it? Right. This is TV. You run and go. They're moving, Jack. So you I'm telling people, your speed got to be on point. Yeah. You're going to be on the yeah. show. Yeah. It's amazing TV is as good as it right. is, given how fast it has to be right. done. I know. Right. 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 Well, you know, because was there's an interesting, I might have said this before uh, a couple of episodes ago, but there was a, you know, there's that show that, um, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, right? right. So he did his interview thing. Great podcast. Great podcast. And he did one with um, <clears throat> Thelma Schoonmacher, mm-hmm. who edits all of Scorsese's films. And she's talking about they do 12 cuts. Right. And they screen them all. And then they go back again. Um, no, but yeah, like, like there's, a, there's, there's 12 versions of a Scorsese film before it comes out in the theater. Yeah. And it's just that's like, a budget. I mean, and that's okay. how much time they have. And she's like, yeah, you got to sit with that and like <laughs> breathe it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. And then I'm like, you got four days. I'm like, well, I'll sit with it and sit with it and woke <laughs> right. up and it, it'll be all day. Right. And then, you know, it's, like, yeah. it's running gun. It's, it's running that gun. That hustle wow. has to be real. Well, let's get to the beginning because I want to make yeah. sure people understand mm-hmm. how many shows... Oh God, Larry's been on. Yes. Been on like like number one, mm-hmm. one of my shows that I loved, mm-hmm. and it was like almost like a spinoff of X Files, Millennial. Yes, mm-hmm. I loved that freaking show. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens when you get a really good show that's ahead of its time. I think Millennial was way ahead of its time, so I'm still bitter. Fox. <laughs> it's ahead of its time and, and a dark show for network. <laughs> right, oh right. my God, too dark for network. No, too dark that's for the network. Thing. Like I and I wish it's too that, dark now for network. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
It's amazing that got on the air. It, yeah, and right now, if it came out now, it'd probably be on HBO or Showtime right Absolutely. now. Exactly. It's, 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 the pre, it's the precursor of well, the stuff yeah. we, we get now on it's HBO. Definitely, mm-hmm. because I feel that like Millennium... I think he got on the air just because Chris Carter just had the juice at the time. Absolutely. And so I'm going to do this. Y'all going to do this. But they were like, oh, no. We have too much. <laughs> when you have that kind of power, you give one back. back yeah. Right. Right. There's, there's too much Roger Isles pushing mm-hmm. back in oh, his whole man. constituency. But it's a great <laughs> idea. It, it was pre-millennium. It, it was right. down to, to the end times. and. Right. Frank Black, played by Lance Henriksen, mm. such a wonderful Man, actor. that was my shot. I was like, yes! And then, of course, as you know, the history of me, the shit that I love, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's ready for. So I'm, a, I'm that black girl from the future, and y'all need to catch up, because that's the right. stuff I love- that, That's a good point. It, it it's some real shit, Larry. She'd be predicting some shit. I'm like, this is good. And then it, when it doesn't happen, and then it comes years later, it's like, man, I'm so mad. I will say, it was, it was a hard show to write, because- really? Chris Carter has a specific way right. he likes stories told, and you have to be on that wavelength exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, it was, I earned every dollar in that show. They <laughs> <laughs> got everything out so, of look, look. so speaking of earning every dollar, let's go back a little bit, just tell the kids who you are. Little origin story? Yeah. You, yes. Where you from, Jack? Where you, who you is, and stuff like that. I'm from a small town outside of Newark called New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a small town <laughs> called New York City. <laughs> Uh, I was born in Park Slope before it was hipster and trendy and expensive. Yeah. <laughs> expensive, like. <laughs> the boom, 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 I mean, they just opened an Apple store last week in Park Slope. Since wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. It's this Man. amazing triangular. It's a triangular temple. Apple store now? Wow. Because <laughs> it's usually Cuba shit they yeah, do, but right. not. So that means they're like. They're about to change their shit in 2018. It's all kind of like. Uh, Trapezoids. Type of yes. They're going to be here. Yes. <laughs> and they're raging. I mean, what I thought was the country, Jamaica, Queens. Because mm-hmm. there are trees and grass. <laughs> trees. And grass. <laughs> and grass. <laughs> New York. We're the country. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to real quick. There's a place I heard today on the radio. It's a place called Dojo's. You know, you ever heard of this place? No, what is that? Oh, I don't know. No, just, they were talking about it this, uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> is it a food place? Yeah, it's a place. Uh, you know, there's a, okay, Christine Vachon was, I was listening to her on the radio that she was talking about when she was growing up. Uh, she was like in the maybe the early 80s. She should go to this place called Dojo's, and the and the interviewers. Oh yeah, yeah. You see like vegan burgers and stuff like that. It's just. Oh, it's that's why I wouldn't know it. Oh, we don't. Yeah, back you then. Just lost me right there. Larry's like, yeah, we don't know. Larry you. said, I'm getting exclude, steak. Jack. Exclude me from that narrative. You can exclude me from that narrative, sir. Yeah, I don't eat bird seed. Just drag vegetarians. I don't eat it either. But but the, the, but you know they were. Well, I'll just side sidetrack real quick. They're just talking about how, like, you know, they used to go to this theater called the Olympia up on 106th Street, mm-hmm. and this is before like DVDs and stuff like that. And they just go and just watch and just watch movies, watch the movies all the time, you know, because if if it was and they would watch it till it would leave because they couldn't get the videotape afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they're just talking about, oh yeah, and we do that, and, the, and then we go to Dojo's and get mm-hmm. these vegan burgers. I was like, what? And I just realized, like, because it goes by you're coming about the hipsters and Park Slope has changed. It's like and right. Apple Store now, and, and, it's, and it's like how much. As New York changed, so like been gentrified to the the true soul of that city's been yanked out because of all the money. That well, I mean, there's a Times Square of taxi driver, right? And now it's Times Square <laughs> today, right? Right? right. <laughs> That's the answer, right. right? Right? Yeah, the Ubers fly now. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, when I grew up in New York, <clears> it, it, it was the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, you can walk around any place in Manhattan and Brooklyn without fear at any time at night. And that's just a different city. Right. Mm-hmm. Although it's become horribly expensive to, to live in, but it's, it's still the best city in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I, 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 I do miss <clears throat> diversity. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, like real. Yeah, I mean, you're on the subway. Brooklyn's like a white neighborhood. Like, right? yes. well, New York ain't no joke. <laughs> but you're on the subway, and the world's there with you. Right, right. In 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 LA, the diversity lives way across town. Yep. Right. Although they yeah. love to talk about how diverse LA is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 that it's is diver- so segregated. It's, yes, I can name all the places right. of any ethnic group. Oh, I can tell you, little Armenia. <laughs> I can tell you, little Ethiopia. I can mm-hmm. tell you all those places. And it's like they we get the illusion of it being mixed and all that stuff. But it's like, you trust me, I walk around in these lots every day, and I'll just walk past because they're always shooting things on those studios. I don't see one person of color. Anyway, Isn't that amazing? And like, like they're shooting. Like, there's all these different production companies on this on this floor. Not one person of color. And they're having writers' rooms. Like, not one person. I'm just like, that's why you got a mirror. That's, that's, why, really? that's why you got a mirror. That's why you have a mirror in your office. So every now and then you can just turn around. I got a mirror in my job too. Sometimes I can turn around and like look just to get okay. Like I'm here. We're here. Yes. So, so New York. Yes. So New York. Uh, I was a very hard kid to raise. I mean, I was that kid that read the dictionary at, at the dinner table. Oh, really? Oh. I, and I knew what I wanted to do since I was like seven or eight years old. Right. I knew I wanted to do this. Because mm-hmm. when I saw my first movie, I knew that there was someone telling them what to do and say. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be that person. <laughs> I, I mean, be a for child. you to know that as a child that quickly, that's amazing to me. Well, it, it, it gives you a focus and a laser for your life, but it means it takes a long time to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, because totally it's a lot to longer that. than. And, I'm kind of the same way. You know, I was posting some Instagram posts earlier this week about people who were influential to me, you know, and I remember when I was about maybe, I don't know, maybe nine or ten, uh, I was watching Shaft, and, you know, the director comes up, it's Gordon Parks, and I'm like, oh, that's that guy that my dad we used to talk about all the time, mm-hmm. you know, as a photographer and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, so he's directing movies, so there's a black guy directing movies, right. you know. And then we were talking about like Lorraine Hansberry too. And it's just kinda it's interesting that you yeah, if you have that early spark for it and know what's happening, then you you know, you're right. There's a path you want to travel soon. But it takes a long time. <laughs> you, just, you just have to learn what the path yeah. is. You, you learn tenacity and patience. Right. right and have right. those in equal measure. Right. So you knew as a little kid that you're gonna be a director, writer, yep. you're gonna make that thing happen. So what were those steps after that? Uh I believe it's seven seventy point seven eight is the movie and TV section of the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> I read every book about the making of any making of documentary right. or TV. I, I made sure to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a sponge. I, I mean, this is so weird, but I've always seen the world in a sixteen by nine format. Wow. wow. That's oh. like you, Chris. You just sent a file to it. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and God bless my parents. They, they fed that ambition. Nice. Right. I mean, I, every year I would, I would write and direct a play using my cousins. Really? And produce it in my basement <laughs> and have the neighborhood come and watch it. I mean, I was, I was that kid. To all the California people, That's tell awesome. them what a basement is. They just uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's imagine a bomb shelter with with the furniture. Exactly. The people, I didn't know what the, it was. That people can live in and have fun in. Yeah. I mean, that's where we always did everything cool. 
I mean, I, when I would go right. visit relatives in Pittsburgh and they had their basement, we used to roller skate in that mud. <laughs> and I thought, this is amazing. And I was like so mad because California, eh, we don't have basements, not so yeah, much, you know? It's, it's unheard of. It, right. And so much fun stuff you can do. So did your parents ever give you like one of those like cameras and stuff to do? Did you have like the little Super 8 or any of those things that they go, you know, they were supporting you? I got my first still camera around seven or eight, my mm-hmm. first movie camera, Super 8, around nine or ten. There oh, you wow. go. Right. There you oh, yeah, go. I was making movies at, at ten years old. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would have made plane crash movies. Really? <laughs> I, would, I would love getting the model of the 747 mm-hmm. and then, you know, have my shot list and then crash. Wait, he already, had, he already had a shot list. <laughs> I think you start to figure that out, though. Oh, yeah. the more, the more okay, you yeah, shoot. This is what I want to get. Right. Like, like you've, yeah, I mean, you, like you kind of... At first, you're just turning the camera on, and then right. eventually you start figuring out... Well, yeah, you but you start thinking, more. you're like, okay, so this is what they're doing on the John Wayne movie. There's like right. a, there's a shot of his face, and then there's right. a shot of right. the plane. There's a wide shot to right. tell you where you we know, are. But it's, right. not, it's not swinging. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay, so I don't need to swing the camera. I just need to, I can stop the camera mm-hmm. and then put it on his face. Like I'm, you know, because usually Super Ace is a trigger. You know, it's like a, it looks like a little gun thing. And uh, it's the ones we have, we have this Vivitar thing. And it's like, oh, now it's how you, it's how you do it. Because you, do you don't know that when you're young. When you're like, you don't know, you don't know anything. Right. Please, please tell me you fun. still have those films. I wish I would love to find oh. those movies. They, they, they've been lost to oh. some box somewhere. Oh, right? <laughs> so you're making your paint. So you're doing your. You're doing like Airport 77 in yes. your backyard. <laughs> I love it. And from there, it's like so. When you start getting high school, I'm saying you're already doing plays and stuff with your family. So with the next progression from you would probably. Well, like, I thought I wanted to be an actor. Wow. Oh. Okay. So I think, I, I think most people yeah. think they. We go that way. So I, I had a agent at fourteen years old. Oh, I had geez. headshots. I still have that headshot at fourteen. Really? I look like a fourteen year old pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Big old afro, platform shoes, <laughs> <laughs> white bell bottom plaid. My that's God, it was just. But she was clean. I was like, look, that's oh, I mean, serving the photo. With this look like he was giving you the deuce. He was giving us everything. <laughs> he is giving you this work. Look, right. let me tell but, you. you know, I, let I me read, tell you. I read a stat when I was around sixteen. That back back then, the products that black people were casted in mm-hmm. for commercials were uh, malt liquor and right. alcohol, right. fast food, mm-hmm. and roach spray, like roach and red. Spray? Yes. yes, damn. Like, uh, There's an Ali commercial. Was it was it Ali for for okay. Defcon? Right, right. That yeah. sounds right. Decon, yeah. Decon, Decon, yeah. Decon, yeah. Decon, yeah. yeah. And I said, I can't. Ali. Yeah, knocking I, it out. I can't do this. I shifted my focus from being in front of the camera to, to behind the camera. Okay. Got NYU film school. All right. Uh, and, and, and what I like about NYU is that they balance making movies with a full liberal arts right. docket. Because they say the reason why we make it take a full liberal arts compliment is that that's what you're going to be making movies about. Mm-hmm. The, the history and science and literary and culture you, as a liberal arts major that you'll put into your movie right. so it's not just popcorn. Right. It's where you get Spike Lee coming out of, out of NYU mm-hmm. and, and you get these <clears throat> USC guys who make these $10,000 student films but they have no soul. Right. Yeah. Oh, you see that shade he threw I did. out there? I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> you see, he didn't say that about the NYU people. You see that? But it's true. I'm telling you. He said, I said what I said. For the record, Your Honor. I'll fight the USC. I'll fight you, okay? Okay. I'm trying to think. There's The only other like really 
prominent NYU grad, like pre, I think Spike Lee was Oliver Stone. Oh, you right, know, right. It's like, and he's someone. Oh, it's Chris Tracy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and Jim, um, um, I mean, there's other people. There's yeah. other people. What I'm saying, but it's like, but their work is different. Like the yes. work of Spike Lee's work and the early, the early writing work of of Stone. It's such more like a personal stuff. Right. You know, like Stone, like I was gonna commit suicide. And I was gonna, and it was all in the, when he was in Vietnam. He took his journals and he used his journals to create some of these films that he made, yeah. stuff like that. And it was like, it was like, it goes back to what you're saying. It's like you got to take from, you can't take from the cinema to make your cinema. Yes. you got to take. From everything else, mm-hmm. and, and and that's what I tell emerging writers and producers <coughs> is that become interesting. Right. Do keep filling up your cup every day with something new right. because mm-hmm. that's what is going to make your work mm-hmm. three dimensional. Right. That's interesting. So you did that. So what, did that. What, what brought you out? How, how were you? Did you stay there and work for a while? Or did you come out this way? What happened? All right. Uh, I graduated <coughs> NYU. If you know New York City and Washington Square Park, they have the trumpeters and, and right. the park and, and the fountains are going. It was only in that moment that I realized, what do I do now? Because mm. there was no auteur section in the mm-hmm. employment page in the New York Times. So, mm. so what do you do? So I spent... Because that's one thing about college. They teach you fundamentals, but they're like, oh, the business side? No, you got to figure that out. Yes. <laughs> and they really should do that. They, they right. should balance the real world to, to studying about mise-en-scene right. and all that stuff. Right. So I worked as a gopher PA on commercials for four years in New York City. Okay. I was a guy picking up the breakfast and coffee and, mm-hmm. and, and trucks... So you just float around departments just uh, learning. Uh, yeah, I, I was freelancer. So I, I worked on maybe eighty commercials wow, as, a, yeah. as a PA, you know, at, you know, big budget network level mm-hmm. stuff, and, and learned a lot. I did a commercial. I didn't did. I was the PA on a, on a commercial. <laughs> he said he did it. He was in it <laughs> uh, with Johnny Cash and Muhammad Ali. Wow, really? And that's just a it's a great memory. My job was to wait with Ali mm-hmm. outside of the sound stage for his limo to show up. <laughs> and and I just remember this cab driver just hitting his brakes like the champ, my God, the champ. Yeah. And my job was to keep people at bay. Mm-hmm. And Security I, and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 22. Okay. And, okay. And, yeah, oh, but you were the only black guy on the set, so they needed I, you. I was. <laughs> and, I, you know, and you had to be 22 to have this kind of hubris. I looked at Ali and I said, I can take you. <laughs> and he laughed. He said, well, let's go. Right. <laughs> but they said, let's go. They said, all right, let's go. So I have a photograph of him and I with our dukes up together. Oh, so nice. that, that's a cherished photograph. Yeah. That one I have. Yeah. That, that you one. better have that one. Okay. I'd be mad. You better frame that <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you know, like, that got thrown away, too. <laughs> okay, I'd be like, Larry, you got to leave right now because you're not doing life yes, right, right no now. You know? Okay. Exactly. Uh, but, but I realized at a certain point, that at least back then I couldn't make a lateral move from working in commercials to working in movies and TV because right. I worked my way up to associate producer in those four years. All right. And so I also felt like I was mortgaging my soul because part of who I am is is giving back. Mm-hmm. And so I quit that and I spent two years working in a after school gang diversion program really? in a housing project. All right. I was wow. I was very much like Sidney Poitier in To Serve With Love. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. I was just New York Times reading, Brian right. Gumbel signing, black man coming to the hood, and they wanted nothing of me. Nothing. Because you do not relate to them. And they, they tried right. everything to scare me away, and mm-hmm. I would not go away. Quoting the Dewey Decimal System to the gangsters. Okay. <laughs> Hello, kids. Let me tell you what. Uh, you to away. Serve With Love. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the early work of uh, City Lament. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I but I wouldn't go away, and after two years, they threw me at this great party. Yeah. Uh, one of them is now a cop. 
Huh. And so some of these kids have come, gone full circle, mm-hmm. but I spent those two years writing my set spec scripts mm-hmm. and moved out to LA and nobody cared. Were you writing features? Were you, were I was writing features. I was going okay. to be a feature writer, right. uh, but I came to LA and no one cared. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you even know anybody out here? I knew no one. I just... Save up your money, said I'm going. Because you know, cause one of my life regrets, you know how people say, you know, I look back at my life, I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of regrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are lying when they tell you that. <laughs> I have no regrets. Like 22, right? No. People are lying. Yes, yes, yes. I have any regrets. Oh, yes, you can do. There's some choices I made that you I don't want to just say them. Okay. Because you want to be all. Happy go lucky, right. but <laughs> you have some shit you don't want. You're causing your own narrative. But, but, but let's, let's, put, let's put it this way: put it this way. If, you, if you don't have any, re, I mean, if, if you don't have regrets, you ain't living. You ain't living. Yeah, you right. ain't living right. You fucking up. You are living, living too safe. You living too safe. Right. Right. And so one of my eighty-three regrets is it's not eighty-three. <laughs> that's a book title, right? No, no, that's a teaser. That's a teaser. That's a teaser. One of my eighty-three regrets. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not having more courage and moving out to LA sooner. Mm. Okay. You know what? That's y'all better listen to that. That's some bars right it, that's, there. It, it's true because yeah. like you want to do things and you just get scared and you that fear, that fear just prevents you from right. from moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know? there's, there's this meme on Facebook that I love that I kept. It's this uh, little bird talking to Mama Bird and, right. the, and the baby bird says, "Mama, what if I fall?" Right. And, and the mama says, "But darling, what if you fly?" Uh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's real shit right there. You can relate that to everything. Yeah. Yes, that's nice. Okay. And and, and so I finally flew mm-hmm. and crashed. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, what's the good thing looking back about poverty and and hiding from the landlord and all mm-hmm. that stuff and <laughs> <laughs> knock 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 knock. Ain't nobody here. <laughs> I know that. No, I'm like, that I'm like Larry. Yeah. I know that story. I'm like Larry. <laughs> Why do you always get places on the first floor? It's like so I can sneak out the window, Richard. <laughs> we have all been there one point. Let me tell you about that. <laughs> Let me it's tell like you about last that. Last week. That's the real. My townhouse is right next to the leasing department. Like, you know me? Let me wait till it's like 8 o'clock closing time and come That's through. That's hilarious. Is that it gives you a great deal of gratitude once you get it. Right. Mm-hmm. If I had gotten what I wanted at 23, mm-hmm. I would not have any perspective. Right. It would have come too easy and, and too soon. You would have spent all your money. Yeah, you? and I probably would have, <laughs> exactly. I probably would have burned, burned out by 28. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, coming out here, uh, I, I kept writing my scripts, and I, and I worked at, did every horrible job you can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a contestant on seven game shows. Really? Uh, yeah, did, all did that you, smartness came did too, you, didn't did it? Did you win some money? At I least? won some and I lost some. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, I I will be YouTubing. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the Wheel of Fortune. It's out there. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> uh, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I was really? on Joker's Wild. Oh my god, I used to oh, love Joker's oh, Wild. Yeah. Joker's yeah. Wild. Yeah, Joker, Joker's Wild. Yes. Like that. I ain't heard that one though. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, trying to earn rent, rent right. money. Yeah. Trying to right. every possible thing to keep hope alive. Right, right. And after. After four years, how four, many years? Say it again. After four, four and a half years, years of arriving, right? I and I finally got into Disney's writing fellowship program. Okay, mm-hmm. on the, the feature side or on the uh, TV? Uh, there was only a feature side. All right. And, and the second year they ever did it. Okay. And so, five thousand people applied, and they chose twelve. Right. And 
amazing that that I that they were paying me to write something <laughs> at a studio. Right. And, and then, won't forget that that first day driving through the studio gates, mm-hmm. like, I have arrived. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so I was there for a year. I was the only person they brought back for a second year. Really? Um, and in that second year, Sean Astin, the actor, mm-hmm. uh, had turned down the movie Encino Man <laughs> four times. In, four wow. times. Encino Dad? Encino Man. Oh, Encino Man. Yeah. Okay, okay, uh, Because he wanted to show the studio that, that he could direct for them as well. And so they, the studio made a deal. We'll give you $100,000 to make a short mm-hmm. if you do Encino Man. Hmm. And Sean had this idea. This is right around... $100,000 to do a short. Oh, yeah. The studio's still kind of running around all the time. Hey. Oh, yeah. This is back, back in the old days. Yeah. It's back away. They the were shooting on film. <laughs> like wine. Exactly. Nowadays, we're doing $5 and some chicken wings. Exactly. <laughs> Not the studio. The oh. studio the, if, if, if it was someone like Warner Brothers, they'd say, yeah, here's hundred grand Because right. they just don't want you to fuck up. Yeah. They want to see what it's... See, because if, if you do a, a short for like five grand, ten grand, which you can do. Oh, yeah. Which We've you can do. Which you can do. The only problem is... You're so worrying about every dollar Everything. that the experience is different than what it would be if you were shooting on a feature right. film that they're a bank on because then you just kind of relax. You, know, you just got to do your work. Right. You know, as opposed to, fuck, I only got two takes I can do right now because right. right. there's right. no more filming that can. Right. Right. That's what I give you 100 grand. <clears throat> right. Well, and you're short Right. Mm-hmm. So he had the idea that what if a cop like Mark Furman from the OJ trial <laughs> was kidnapped by the Crips? Really? And put on a mock trial for his racism. Mm, love it already. And he pitched that to Disney and they said, Gulp, okay. <laughs> You're right back. Somebody, somebody's like, Disney. somebody's like, can we, can we take that check back? <laughs> can we put a stop payment to the bank? Is it too late? <laughs> well, what, what Disney said is, here's the money. We don't want our name on it. But here's the money. Go find a writer. Right. Well, <clears throat> cheap labor was writers from, from the fellowship program. Right. And I had written a, a feature gang script during the program, which mm-hmm. is a good sample for that piece. Sean and I hit it off from the first day, and mm-hmm. I wrote that that short. And that was nominated for an Oscar. What? You better go, boy. <laughs> Where's my 10% on there? <laughs> Congratulations, man. Yeah. See, see I, I tell you right What's now. it called? What's it called? Called Kangaroo Court. Cocaine. Michael Keith was the was the racist cop, mm-hmm. and Gregory Hines played the attorney that was wow. kidnapped to defend the white cop. Wow! Mm. It's, Look, been, it's, it's been a, a great, good ride. Great Gregory Hines. Yeah, he was. Yes. And, and he did it. He did it for free. What? He said, "Just just cover my nut. Just cover my expenses, and mm-hmm. I'll, because I like the material. Mm-hmm. Because he said I do so much stuff that I do that give me a big check, mm-hmm. but stuff I care about." I literally would do it for free. But see, that's, that's the note. That's that real. Every writer, <clears throat> filmmaker, producer needs to know. Mm-hmm. Actors will do if they have note, they'll do something that they want to be involved, that right. they personally have a passion for, and they'll do it for no money, right. or maybe just a little bit of money, right? Or, or their quote, their quote, or, 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 or scale, scale, like the schedule mm-hmm. thing, or scale, because they want to do. Because if I got to sit on the you know like green screen stage. For like you know, thirty weeks, mm-hmm. right? You know, getting like two shots a day yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> I'm getting my check. I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah. But someone says, "Here's something I feel strongly about, passionately, mm-hmm. and it is something you feel about strongly right. too." You can jump and do it right. because that's why you got into, especially if it's business. something they haven't done yet. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Because I mean, look. 
we get into the what we get into. Right. We've probably seen some play or some movie. You know, like you're sitting here quoting like to serve love and stuff like that, but it's like I mean, it's movies like that right. that you watch and it changes you, mm-hmm. and you say this is what art, this type of cinematic art, is supposed to, it can do. That's why I want to get involved right. in this. That kind of like <clears throat> emotional touch, and so much of the work is never that. Right. So if anyone pre- like presents that to you as the artist, then you're definitely gonna jump on board. Right. And if you made a name for yourself. It's maybe it's a week. What's a week out of your time mm-hmm. to, to, you know, because then there's 30 mm-hmm. weeks again back in the green screen stage, right, right. getting your 100 grand a week. So, but they got like the material. Right. right. And so you get Oscar nominated with us. Yeah, what was that like? yeah. Then, did you, did mean, you go to the damn Dorothy Chandler and shit? I mean, what was that? Uh, it was at the shrine. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will never forget walking out of the limo. Hmm. And hearing, he was fitted in that suit. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the literal red carpet, the giant Oscar statues. Wow. And all the helicopter from the press, like mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now, all around us. Hmm. And literally stars everywhere. There's Morgan, there's Oprah, there's right. Robert Redford. I was there too. I was chilling. And we lost the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Good problem to have in your life. Well, do you do you know, hey, do you know who won it that year? Yes, it was a tie, only the fifth tie in Oscar history. Huh. Uh, a movie called Trevor. You know Trevor, the, yeah. the short yeah. that won the Oscar of that year mm. uh, from the Trevor Project. From the Trevor Project, the mm-hmm. gay thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they were sitting next to Sean Astin and I, huh. and so when they came back, I said, "Can I hold your Oscar?" <laughs> and, and they did. It's shockingly heavy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to beat them across the head with it. Put him in a headlock. Put my name on this. I get the getting that quarter and scratching off the little thing on the side. It's like, excuse me, Larry. Is that what? Where did that Oscar come from? What? You shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You know, I'm I'm a very competitive person. But ten minutes after, I realized. I am blessed beyond measure. What yes. a great problem to have. Right. Yes. Then at the governor's ball, just dancing with Morgan Freeman and his mm-hmm. wife, it's like, that's Just bumping. Excuse okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the, the plot turn to that is for two years after that, I could not get arrested in this town. Even uh, what you say, an Oscar-nominated no one writer. Oh, my what? God. Come on. Well, look. Because I was just thinking, oh, so the agents and everybody came out the Woodburg. Well, I got an agent right? from all that, which is great. Right. But... I had not made a lot of money for a studio or a network. I was right. coming from the Disney program. It was right. a short. It mm-hmm. was well-respected. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't made a whole lot of money for a studio or a network. And right. if someone had taken a chance on me and I crashed and burned, they would have gotten fired. Right. But if I had a long IMDB and I crashed and burned, well, who knew? He had done this. Right. He had done that. Mm-hmm. And so I had 88 meetings and pitch meetings in two years. Wow. Just trying to get traction. Uh, and... Had, had you got s- a lot of bottles of water, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm good at meetings. I'm, I, I, I do good meetings. Right. But had to sell my car in order wow. to pay my rent. So it's hard taking the bus after the whole Oscar. Y'all better hear this shit. Okay. It will ground you. Oh, you also, I just want people to be clear here, just so people understand about what you said earlier. We talking about perseverance and tenacity. So, you're in, so you get out of NYU. You spend four years uh, PA, right? Then you spend um, two years at the in the university like for the youth, and then mm-hmm. you are out here for four years. So, right. so I'm looking at ten years after college years. before this thing with like you know like with the Disney program kicks off, right. and then that's two years <laughs> of, of that before you get to this thing with the with the Oscar. So right. it's taking you twelve years mm-hmm. to get where you are, still struggling. Mm-hmm. 
but you're still persevering and you still have the success. And it's like, I don't, I think people always kind of think that it's going to happen quick. Right. And he had the agent and, and it still didn't happen. And, and it right. doesn't happen right. quick. I think right. people just think that it's <clears throat> always going to happen quick. It only happens <clears throat> quick if there's, you know, if there's some strange kind of alignment where, you know, the script you write gets the right producer and the right actor like li- likes it that night. Right. You know, but that's. Or you're Alina Dunham who already has connections and mm-hmm. can walk in and pitch a show with yeah, no real yeah. stuff with it. So, oh, we're going to give you a show. So, well, yeah, yeah but she, at 22. No, but you know, but she's walking in with Jed Apatow. See right. that? So she she's, got, she's got a Godfather. Right. So it's like that's the situation that I think people always kind of uh, are are un, they're unrealistic about the but speed. That's the dream. <laughs> that, yeah, and, and that's right. that's what the Hollywood press loves to promote that mm-hmm. that 23 year old that that comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I mean, I'll give an example of the kind of story that the town loves to promote. This 23-year-old coming out of a film school wrote a spec, the Nurse Ratchet origin story. Mm, that's right. I did hear about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Murphy loved it, mm-hmm. sold it, and now they're producing it. Right. That's what everyone thinks is going to happen to them. Right. They, they don't think about... Do I get the small macaroni and cheese or do I get the deluxe box <laughs> okay. on a Friday? Okay. Do, is do it, I get the is lasagna? It, do I get the one with like the dry powder yes, mix for the right. mac and cheese? Or the, or little the, cylinder. Or the Velveeta. The Velveeta spread. Like, right. do I get that kind, right. you know, or yeah. is it the ramen noodle again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy because it's like, you know, I think there's a similar story with the woman who wrote. I think it was, her name is Liz Hanna, who wrote The Post, right? This, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. it was on the blacklist last year, mm-hmm. supposedly her first script. And then, it, you know, and then it's a Spielberg movie, and it's one of the better movies of the year, I right. would say. Um, <laughs> but it's like, that's one movie out of maybe 800 that it came out this year. Right. And it's like, well, that's one out of 800 that that story happened. You know, the, and, and the press the press has to play that game <laughs> mm-hmm. because the press doesn't want to play the game of... The 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 perseverance, you know, because it's not interesting. It's not, I mean, it's not right, but it is. But it's, I mean, it doesn't make it shiny. It doesn't make right, it. Yeah, right, it's right, not right, like right. it's not because the Dream Factory, the Dream the Dream Factory mythology that the whole town has been about for like the since the thirties. Right. It has to have that. It has right. to have these stories because because uh, honestly, if people really knew how hard it was. They wouldn't come out here. Right. Most people right. wouldn't come out here. I mean, right. if those stories weren't being told, like there's a I, like I have a quote. On my uh, refrigerator, it's from um, Greta Garbo. And it's mm-hmm. like, if people only knew how hard it is to make it in Hollywood, then they wouldn't dream of it. Mm. You know? And That's it's real. Like, and it's, I was real. like, and this is what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. If she quits <laughs> in the 40s, like, she the quits in the 30s, like, like <laughs> right when sound comes up, she's like, I'm done. That talking stuff is never going to work. I'm done two movies that I'm out of peace. But it's like, and it's the, so that's the struggle that I think is what people so get frustrated about, get, you know, get turned off about. They decide they've been out here for too long, nothing's happened, and then they go home. Right. And it's, there's, a, there's a good friend of mine. We're challenged with that uh, every day. Who, mm. who just moved. Right. I mean, like, like this year earlier, he and I were talking about putting together this, this writer's thing to like kind of just talk about like strategizing and mm-hmm. who do you know I can introduce you and blah, blah, blah. And then now he's back in New York. You know, I mean, and the thing is, is that he had scripts that were like ranking in like the, you know, some, he was getting like some notoriety and Mm -hmm. stuff like that with the scripts and stuff like that. But he, and he was good friends with some big executive producer on a, on a, on one of those on, from Criminal Minds and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, it just wasn't happening because it doesn't always happen for people quickly. And I think that cannot be what deters you to decide. But there's there's also, 
it doesn't always happen with the person you think who's going to help you. Mm-hmm. That's We talk about that all the time because mm-hmm. all of us have mentors or friends of ours who are huge executives mm-hmm. who love our work and whatever and never fucking hire you. You know what I mean? It's a it's a really interesting Yeah, because it's like you said earlier, happens. it's like and it's it's that fear factor of if I bring this person in and shit doesn't work out, how's that gonna stick back on me? Yeah. And that's gonna follow my reputation and then next time something else happens, no one's gonna So it's there's that fear that's com- you know, it's perpetually like realize going. what a huge ask yes, it is. Yes. You know, even now, because you know, when when you first come into the business, you're like, Oh, if it's great, it's new stuff, you should champion it, but you got to look from the other side, too. It's like, I got to bring this to my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I may be passionate about it, but let's say it's great, but then the person who's, you know, maybe the writer doesn't get along with everybody else. It could be a great script. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know how to work a room or know how to play the rules or do that and they got a bad reputation, mm-hmm. it reflects back on you and it um, makes it harder well, for you. You're right, because people, like you said, the big ask. The, the, the big ask is... The, they have worked so hard to get where they are, yes. right. and they can't let you harm their reputation. Yeah, it's not a charity, right? Yeah. No, and, and, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's real. I mean, essentially, you have to be saying to yourself, "You ask someone something, I got to make this the easiest yes they can possibly make." If it's some strenuous, if they got to think about it at all, it's like I don't know, or how do we, or what? Then they're gonna say no because it's like. I, you know, I don't know you enough to trust you. I just don't know you enough. Mm-hmm. And no one teaches people coming off the plane about how the etiquette works. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Or, or knowing how to sit in a room and even if you disagree <laughs> what is being said, to be able to nod and say, that's interesting. Hmm, I might have to consider that. <laughs> even though you're thinking, I don't want to. You have to learn how to maneuver these exactly. waters. Excuse me. I just graduated from film school. I will tell you how things work around. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, here's your bottle of water and we'll get back to you. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man! So you kept that hustle muscle going. Mm-hmm. You persevered. So two what years was the, later. So what was the first big break after that Oscar nomination? Because I well, know I'll be putting my Oscar nominee right. on everything: <laughs> t-shirt, <laughs> you know, <laughs> license plate. Right. Yeah. The late Walter Matthau said, "Success in Hollywood, Hollywood is easy. You just need, just need a half a dozen lucky breaks." Right. And so I've I've had a half a dozen lucky breaks, and my break was. ABC was making the TV version of the movie Dangerous Minds. Mm-hmm. The Michelle Pfeiffer, ex-Marine, mm-hmm. former Marine, turned teacher. That school was in my neighborhood. I grew up in Palo Alto. Oh, did you? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So many of the actors... You was one of them kids. <laughs> no, I was one of them kids, believe me. <laughs> many of the <laughs> actors from the short had auditioned for the series using the short as their oh, acting really? audition piece. Okay. And they were saying internally at ABC, we would love for the series to have the grit of this short we keep mm-hmm. seeing. An executive named Steve Tao, who's now a friend of mine, said, who wrote the short? <laughs> and within 48 hours, I had my first meeting for a network show. Wow. Now, at this point, I was working as a temp at a temp agency. <laughs> I had sold my car. It was wow. 70000 in debt. And You're so how much in debt? Seven zero comma zero zero zero. Okay. <laughs> Point zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore zero zero. <laughs> and so my agent said, "Listen, it's this is. I know we've been trying to pitch you as a feature writer, but here's this opportunity. Right. If it works, great. If not, we'll, we'll keep trying." Right. And so it came down to a twenty minute meeting. Hmm. Uh, I borrowed a friend's suit. I was way overdressed. <laughs> borrowed a friend's car to get to the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. And it was a 20-minute meeting with the executive producers. Hmm. It was five minutes talking about my writing. They had read my script. Mm-hmm. And 15 minutes of me telling them stories of working in the inner city. Right. See, so it came back to your you. Your expertise. I love it. Show so them why you're I the expert. I had come in with a half a season of stories. Mm-hmm. 
And the executive said, as I shook his hand and said, I hope there's a spot for me on your show, hoping I might get a one freelance episode. Right. And he had this glint in his eye, and he said, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. By by time I got back to my apartment, my phone was ringing back when that was a thing. <laughs> you mean you had a voice machine or no. something? <laughs> no, we had a landline. There was a landline. Not just a voice, but a landline. That is stuck to your house that you cannot take right. with you. You, can't <laughs> you gotta wait till you get home. Wait till you get home. To turn it on. And it has that cord that gets all tangled <laughs> up, and you're like, you know what? I gotta. I only got like two feet on this thing, and you know, kids, that was life in the last century. <laughs> and my agent was on the phone and she screamed you got the job ah, and I said what was that moment like 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 okay you bother describe the moment yes. when you walk like because one of the things that's always nerve-wracking is when you go in to pitch yourself mm-hmm. so can you describe the feeling when you were walking to the executive mm-hmm. before that 20 minutes did you talk to yourself what was your pep talk to get yourself did you rehearse beforehand like what did you, did you I said you to myself everything I ever read and done has premiered me for this moment. Right. That's a Go good one. Go enjoy yourself. That's a good one. Man, look at you. Because that makes you channel all your old shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Everything you know. He almost, that, that's a almost, good one. almost had a roots moment right there. <laughs> it's like all of my ancestors. Uh-huh. I am standing with the shoulders, and they are standing with me right now. And I'm about to walk in this mind, right. and they're going to hold me up in the spirit and just went in He's there. In. Who are the voice? <laughs> <laughs> I want them. Alive, impossible. If not, waste them. <laughs> but I want them. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I heard you know, one of the things I do now, I'm the head of programming for the Writers Guild Foundation. Right. And we had Ava DuVernay two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and mm-hmm. she said something that stuck with me, mm-hmm. that she's been, been trying to hire an assistant. And many people have come into her with this attitude, like, am I the one? Can I be the one? Uh-huh. And, and <clears> no she, confidence. Said, she said she wants someone coming in with the attitude, like, I am the one. Right. Well, not, not, not going so far as right. to having arrogance, but with mm-hmm. the sense of self that makes you say, yes, you are the one. Interesting thing about that, two things. One, uh, I was looking at her Instagram the other night, and she was at the Teen Vogue mm-hmm. awards, uh, Ava. And it's like she's got a couple teenagers who are, she's walking with, talking with them. And there's this one black girl with like braids and her hair's kind of black. And just like, there's this sense of, I've arrived about her. Mm-hmm. It's not arrogant at all, but you know, it's like, this is a woman who's like very sure of herself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, and that's what she, she's talking about. She wants, and she, and she photographed that. And it was mm-hmm. interesting to see exactly what she's talking about. And this woman was maybe like 12, not 12, but maybe she's like 15 or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's interesting because it's like, what people don't realize is, is that no one's bringing you in in a writing situation or anything like that, unless they really already like your writing. Right? Yes. They really think that you can do this on the page. I don't know how long it took you to write this, but right. you wrote it mm-hmm. and it's good and you have the ability to like make me feel your vision. I just need to see if you're cool. Mm-hmm. And TV is such a team sport. You've got to play well <clears throat> with mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. because you know, on the fifth month on a tough script and you come in at nine in the morning, do I want to see you again? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And some people don't don't give off that vibe. Right. Like you may be good in the page, but I I'm done with you. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you should be a feature writer working by yourself, you know, in an apartment. But yes, away can from I, other can I ask people. you a question? Sure. So they liked your voice in that. So so what ended up happening? Did they just bring you on the staff? Who ended up writing that script? Like what? what happened? Well, what happened was uh, <clears throat> they wanted to bring me in as a as a staff writer mm-hmm. for for the season, which right. was amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and my agent was so good at her part, she said, I don't represent staff writers. <laughs> and so they bumped me up the story editor. Wow. For my first job. I love it. Wow. That's a big bump. I'm not sure if it happened today, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but you well, also had the Oscar, Oscar thing behind Oscar you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, right. I'm, I'm I, sure I, I had a couple cards in my back pocket. Right. Yeah, I'm right. sure if someone today came in with an Oscar, I made it short or something like that. Or, or, or that's just that kind of high degree of industry recognition. Right. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. You, you could argue, I'm actually a producer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've finessed the hell out. I've done what y'all had not done. I had. I've been at I was, you know, the I shrine. Was sitting, I was sitting next to Morgan <laughs> at the governor's ball, <laughs> Mr. Freeman. I got pictures. Jack. <laughs> have y'all been there? No, because no. I, I have. I just signed with these new um, managers, and they're trying to push me in two different ways. One. They're trying to push me to come in producing projects and pitching them that way because I produce a lot of things, or to come in on staff, but they don't want me to be staff level. They want me to come in a little bit higher. Right, right. So they're trying to maneuver like all the things I've done as experience to yes. use me to come in. Right. Even though I haven't been on many rooms that way, I've I've been I've ran rooms in the smaller set settings right. that mm-hmm. didn't go ninety networking but stuff like that. So it's interesting that that. Is where I am and where you were at that mm-hmm. time. Yeah, well, we, we can talk offline oh, yeah, about definitely. it. Definitely, <laughs> we're going. We're going. We're going. <clears throat> uh, yeah, but working on a network TV show is mm-hmm. is it's a privilege. It's a it's it's a it's a pinnacle, right? To have this kind of resources, and it's and you have an idea, and there's a crew of 140 people building and and scouting for it. But it, they they shoot every eight working days. You need, you need a new right. script eight, every every eight working days, mm-hmm. and so. There's no time for writer's block. There's no time for looking for inspiration. Mm-hmm. You, you pump it out. Writer's block? What is that? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I, see, I don't know that emotion. <laughs> no. I don't this was crazy. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I, just, I, I just think we about... We don't believe in writer's block. We don't believe in writer's block. I just block. think about this. You know, I'm, I'm watching the, the original Star Trek series mm-hmm. in order right now. I've just got to the final episode of the first season. And it's like, there's 29 episodes. And I'm kind of like, you know what? In the first season? The yes. First, it, you see, wow. Because back then, they would oh, do 20 right. or 30 episodes a season. Is right. there none of this slowing down they had time crap? To do and, right. I don't know if they had time. Just, you know, well, I just meant there wasn't much other shit on Yeah, it wasn't that much that's stuff true, out there. That's though. true. But, but they still had to hit that schedule. Mm-hmm. That you're talking about. We got to get it out every week. We're not going to have these hiatuses. We're going to do this little, oh, you know, here's our mid season right. break. We're going to just get to keep rolling. Right. right. The turnover you know, just the turnover, keeps going. Yeah. Right. And it's <clears throat> interesting to see that. I mean, mm. I mean, like you said, there's a there's that money there to do that. There's the privilege because if some people are going to be watching it, regardless if it's not even a big show, right. number, a lot of people are going to be watching your show. Right. Um, and there's a lot more like, I just, there's just a lot more stake in, in a sense. There's all that advertising money that's mm-hmm. there that's only really being covered by advertising. None of these subscription fees and crap like that. Right. So, so the people like mm-hmm. really, really need to like respect your writing and and, and what you bring to the situation. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah. there's only six to eight chairs around that table on, mm-hmm. on, a, on a TV show, and each each time you say yes to someone, it's a big bet, right. mm-hmm. and it's a big deal trying to get someone off a show. Right. So you want to take. A, as much time as you can to get someone on the show. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll give an example of me being an sure, idiot sure. back then when I was on my first show. <laughs> tell it, tell it. Um, I, had, I wrote three scripts that first season. The first season? For a first-time writer, which is wow. pretty damn lucky. That's okay. really good. And my first one was very well-received. Right. And so was my second. And I was having a hard time coming up with an idea for my third. Okay. And, I, and I told the executive producer, I'm not sh- I, I know, don't know what to do with my, for my encore. <laughs> my uncle. And he looked at me like I was the <laughs> biggest idiot in the world and said, 
rest of your career is your encore. Mm. Get to work. Mm. Mm. Love that. That was bars right there. Okay. He was like, really trying okay. to tell you, look. <laughs> Ain't no writer's block. <laughs> yeah, but, well, what you doing? See, here's the thing. The thing is, is, you know, I can't remember who was saying this, but it's like people say that, that writer's block, you have writer's block you, because you don't know what you want to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and right. like, or you don't know your world enough. Yeah. And well, it goes back yeah. to what you were saying, too, is like a lot of times we get writers that come out here or straight out of film school. I mean, the shade to USC <laughs> <laughs> compared to NYU. <laughs> but, you know, having that lived experience, because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, People who say, oh, I'm writing about it. I have nothing to write about. It's like, well, maybe you haven't lived yeah. enough to have a well of stuff. They haven't read enough either. And read enough things. That's the thing. And yeah. Well, and it's I just... can tell the, the film school student screenplays because mm-hmm. it's about tell five or six different things. Mm-hmm. It's first love, junior year abroad, sorority, fraternity, mm-hmm. uh, middle class ennui. Ennui. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Really? Yeah. Which are uh, the worst things I would never watch. Coming out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and and um, road trip. Road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Road trip. Yeah. Like, right. never. <clears throat> but I sometimes know? I like road trip. But, but, yeah, but, but, but in terms of just when you're. If you're going to give me Tom and Louise, fine. But no, then well, see, that, that, that's a, see, look, there's like, we've seen great road trip movies. Right. We don't see the junk that everyone's writing. Yeah, you don't see the piles of. That's true. Because like, they all think that they're that's the true. first one they do it. Right. Right, because I have this dream road trip movie. I've been wanting it. One of these days, I'll give it to somebody to do it. But it's like Sly, my Sly Stone story, mm-hmm. which is like uh, I have this idea. Like this, there's like this one last Sly and the Family Stone album that Sly's been sitting on, and somebody has the tapes, hmm. and the road trip is them trying to find it. Did and I then tell give you it that, to them. Ever tell you about my friends Pete and John from the Break It Down show? They actually they interviewed Sly. Like the only interview he's been interviewed in years. And was that the one who was outside his house? Yeah, his they, were, they were seeing the camper. Yes, and yes. And and so they're actually trying to get Sly to give him the rights to I his wish he story. would. Because well, he, he wanted would. me to help See, him write well, yeah, it. I wish he would. The, the thing is, like, I like your idea. That's I was just it's, trying it's, to get that last idea. album. Yeah. I mean, like, the vinyl, the last right. one that they did that it was meant, and then it disappeared, and it's this band they're trying to go find. They're, the only problem is some of the people from the band have passed away because of the idea of like they were trying to go to all the different band members. Like, who has this but last vinyl? Can't you put it back in the. It doesn't have to be today? It could be. 90s maybe because I'm trying to get it with um, what's her name who um, before she passed away the horn player oh, oh. right okay. yeah so well, you know because I was talking to someone the other week he was saying there's a really interesting there's an interesting road trip script sorting around it's, it's about Fellini hmm. and it's about when he came <clears throat> to LA to get an Oscar like an honorary Oscar something like that I think in like the late the early 90s or something like that right before he died mm-hmm. and it's like he came to the town, he flew in on a Thursday, and they was, he went to some big hotel, and they were like, okay, so what do you want? What do you want? What do you, right. like, what do you want? What do you want? He, he was like, I want a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then for what, and he disappeared from, when, from that, we got the car. Till it was time to come to the so ceremony. So you're going to tell the story about what happened when he was in that car. Yeah. Well, no, this is a story that, there's a script already around. And apparently, there's like, the guy was telling me there's a scene where he like meets these, um, <clears throat> He meets these jazz musicians on the street. Hmm. What year are we in? What uh, year is it? It says maybe like 92, 93, some okay. early 90s. And um, it's like, and they give him like some LSD or something like that. <laughs> so, like, so, you know. What, 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 the leading on LSD. Well, no, that's the whole, thing about, the whole thing about his career is if you look at his career, the reason why he made a movie like Eight and a Half is, mm-hmm. and why that's a 
separation point from all uh, the fights of fancy of his work is mm-hmm. after that and before that is very is, is the neorealism because he was on LSD for a long time. I believe it. Like that that changed oh. the way he mm-hmm. said the feels. But it was like you know, but he's with these guys and, and they go to these cool parties and then the guy was saying yeah, but then you realize it's like um, the, the the camera will kind of shift around. And you see that he's like in a crack house or something like that, like like you, like he's imagining oh, the way wow, that he like his type of films. These is it on the black list or something? Or no, no, it's it, I can't remember. There's some somebody in town is sitting on a script somewhere, hmm. and I was like, that's such a fascinating story. Yeah. So because it's like, what's a guy like who is a, who's a very provincial filmmaker in Italy mm-hmm. made these fantastic kind of like these dream movies? You put him in L.A. Right. And, mm-hmm. you, and it's like, okay, so what is California giving you to reveal on this show? And I was like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, and that's a road trip type yeah. of thing. Right. You know? um, but you said, back to your, <clears throat> when you were saying these are the type of movies that you can tell the newbies right. <laughs> that they tend to write. Keep going. It was those five. You missed those five. five. Yeah, yeah. five or six. Five, or six. five. Okay. Right. Yeah. But it goes to your point that you have to live some. You have to have right. your heart broken. You have to see the world. Right. You have to. You have to get out of your bubble. Right. You have to take some chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I say yes to almost everything. Mm. Um, because it's just. I mean, a life of living. Yes. Go yeah. ahead, there, Larry. Because, Work I mean, that. <clears throat> I've been hurt before. You right. Get over it. I'm right. Kill you. Right. But it feels like you're dying in the midst of it. <laughs> no, the dark night of the soul. I know it feels like you're dying, but you're really living. <laughs> you're living. Get yeah, up. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, I have this theory about how a few, certain I can't, certain things that you have to experience to be an adult. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like you got to have sex. You got to have. You have to be sued. You gotta be. Um, <laughs> you, you, to you gotta have a bill collector. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 because uh, yeah, I mean, because like, that's a suit. But you have to have some run in with the justice system. Mm. Um, you have to see a dead body, or, or have to, or someone has to die in your life. Someone's got to die in your life. Certain, oh, yeah, you could do a movie with all those uh, seven yeah, or eight I mean, things. I mean, there's certain, that's there's certain things that happen that if you don't experience these things, and you haven't really experienced what a, like so much of a life is, you right. know, mm-hmm. because. Um, I mean, think about it. A breakup, how, all a, those. A breakup, right. you know. Mm. I mean, I mean, because think about it. Like, how many movie, I mean, TV shows and movies are about the court system, right? And it's like those work because enough people have been through the court system to right. know. Right. Right. Everybody's like, familiar. Yeah. Right. Well, like, if it's some very rare type of shit, right. you can make it. You couldn't make no shit about it because right. everyone's like. Who the fuck goes see a lawyer? You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. But mm-hmm. everyone's going to see a lawyer. And until you have and know how fucking crushing mm-hmm. that situation can be, um, but I, can I give the counter to that? Sure. I mean, I've done, I think, 14 series, and I knew nothing about what I was writing about before I started. Huh. Because my job is, is to convince you that, that I do. Mm. Right. But the gangster thing that you did. But you I haven't know. killed anyone in years. <laughs> <laughs> Say that you do. No, 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 no. It's but, been a minute. It's been a little while. I ain't saying, slapped no hoes in a minute. It's been a little while. I'm not saying you have to experience all of them. I'm saying that you have to experience like one of those things, you know. And I'm sure that you've had your heart broken, and I'm sure that you've probably that someone in your life has probably died. Mm-hmm. You know, not, it doesn't be violent. It could right, be right. like your grandparents could die. Mm-hmm. But if that, but if you haven't gone through someone in your life dying that you love, there's a certain amount, of, you know, there's a certain amount of that. Emotional experience that when that happens in a in a in a narrative, mm-hmm. you understand what someone is going through. That's right, what I'm right. saying. You may not have had the, the moment, but you've had the emotion. Yeah, right. Which right. Can yeah, extrapolate right. to other right. venues. The, yes, right. and you have to. And those emotions is what makes your is what makes now, someone's work feel real. So mm-hmm. getting on TV show because you've been on some shows that I've watched. You, Alias, Six Feet Under. You even wrote for 
one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be the last season coming up, mm-hmm. which uh, Gabrielle Union. Oh, being mm-hmm. Mary Jane. Yeah, being Mary Jane. My show. Word. <laughs> my show. <laughs> and you know now. Were you on there with Deb Fisher? Hmm? Oh, yes, I was. That's my girl. She's my neighbor. No, no. Uh, Deb and I were on a legal show called In Contempt that's oh, okay, shooting right, right. now for mm-hmm. BET. They'll be out in early next year. Right. Nice. Okay. So now that brings us up to the show that I'm mad that the Sci-Fi Channel <laughs> did not call me personally to tell me that it was not coming out in December right. and it's already out. Sci-Fi Channel, you know it's bad when my mother has to call me <laughs> and, and ask me, Lisa, have you, because my mother thinks like, because you know writer, you know, you know writer people, you know people who work in Hollywood. She's like, don't you know this show and these people? It's like, no mom. God bless them. Okay, okay. I don't, I, no, I don't know Oprah. <laughs> Even though you're I, right I, right. I walk on the lot and I I see right. her building, you know, and I can see where her people work at. But no, mother, I don't know Oprah. Right. What's it like working on this new show? Because one of the things that people have been talking about is, and it's it's I'm, why I'm excited to see it. It's black people, supernatural stuff, yes. and and blackness has nothing to do with the supernatural exactly really that right. much. And it's like. I live for that. So mm-hmm. first of all, tell me how the show came to you, and let's get into it, because sci-fi, I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> but tell us, how did, that, how did you come to that show, and, and tell us about it? Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, it's called Superstition. Mm-hmm. It takes the premise, what if all the superstitions you've heard about since you were a kid were true? Mm. The, the story engine is a black family in a rural town in, in Georgia that owns a funeral home and a cemetery. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and, and, their, and their day job, like six, six feet under, is to attend to the living and to the dead. Oh, it's right. like Southern Gothic. Right. Mm. But, okay. but, but their real job is to be the last line of defense against the undead and the things that want to kill us in the supernatural mm. realm. So See, that, you already got me. Who, I know, who picks this? Yeah. Who pi- I mean, that, to me, I'll be yeah, like, it should be billboards thank you. everywhere. Hey, yes. you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a comic series that I think Valiant put out called the Midnight Man or something like that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it's always an interesting thing what you're saying to have that, like that's, that's the story just sounds fascinating on this. You know, like to me, like, like I only saw the thumbnail because there wasn't even a full image when I saw it, right, but right. I knew it looked dope and I was like, this is right. going to be dope. Right. Um, but it's so interesting to, to be, because I feel like if you're doing that Southern Gothic stuff and you're, and, and you're kind of mixing in I don't know if you are, but there's always that inherentness if you're bringing in black people that you, you're mixing in that the the supernatural stuff from the Caribbean, the Caribbean, mm-hmm. which which was which, which to a certain extent it opens up the world to a different type of the it, so the the superstitions the supernatural stuff is not necessarily like like based in Europe, right? So, right. It's, so it's not your typical yeah, werewolf right. yeah, vampires. It, or it, it can be the right, stuff right. that you get out of, mm-hmm. you know, Africa the and folklore. the Caribbean, which mm-hmm. is, is which is so unexplored, right? You know? right. And it ta- and it taps into that whole thing of the concept. You say in in the series, they really are like the gate, like they protect us mm-hmm. from all the other stuff. And mm-hmm. it reminds me, like when, the fir- when I first heard that, I keep thinking of like in. In the Yoruba and the Igbo people, when they talk about Ishu or Legba, mm-hmm. the idea of the gatekeeper from here to here, and they protect us from either spirits and things like that. And it just seems so rich that these stories you guys can tell from the perspective of having black people. And as a black person, I appreciate that <laughs> because we have all these southern, wonderful, 
you know, mythologies that we never get to see. Right. Yeah, right. Oh, us right. doing that, yeah. you know? And, and you're right. It's, it's not about, it's not a black show. It's a, it's a black family. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and and which, which was important to us. So it didn't feel like homework. It didn't right. feel like a Spike Lee movie. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's, Finger pointing at right, you right, hour right, week. right. <laughs> no, that's real talk. No, that is real. It's like well, you know, it's not. But see, the, that's the thing that I've enjoyed. I mean, I'm so looking forward to seeing the show because what I feel like sometimes it happens too much is uh, there's so many shows that are black shows. There's a preoccupation with our racial situation, right? And to and to not have to deal with that, like you said, like on a weekly basis, like that's 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 almost like the A story. On on too many shows right. that are black shows. I'm like, really? Because if you let it always, you know, like if it's always front and center in your head, you can't see anything else, right. mm-hmm. you know. And I, it's really great you guys are not are not doing that. Yeah, it's, it's you know we don't have to repeat every story you've ever heard right. on Law and Order. And, right. <laughs> so when you just tell our stories, that's always there in, in, in the backbeat. But you don't, you don't have to make it the age story. Because mm-hmm. I know uh, uh, Mario's daughter is in the show, right. too. Like she, does she, doesn't he play her daughter? Do- I'm trying to remember. Yes. She plays his daughter yeah. in the show. And she's very good. And she and is she good. Is his daughter. Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize it was his daughter mm-hmm. until I went back and said, let me see who this person is, this actress. Because, you know, whenever I see new faces and new actors, it's oh, like... Oh, you got to look it up. You got to look it up. Let me go look at this person. Because you just never know. Like, I have to write something for this person. Mm-hmm. And realize... That's his child. That's his baby on the show. Like, how did they finagle that? Go ahead. Yeah, there's a movie. Do you see this movie called Good Time? I, I know the movie. I didn't see it. Okay, so this movie came out, the Safiti Brothers with Robert Pattinson. It was maybe August or something like that. It's called Good Time. It's a decent movie. It's not a great movie. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's a great thing. But there's this black girl in there. She's like 13. There's a little segment where she gets caught up in this thing. And she's fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and find out who the hell she is because she... Needs to be in a lot of stuff. She right. like steals the movie right. in like four scenes. Right. I mean the movie. And, right. you know, and I was right. like, she did. <laughs> she did a florist kasamba. <laughs> she was like said one line and it's like we don't need to. You ain't got to tell me what Black Panther's going to be about because I'm going to be there. You know. Yeah. And you yeah. have a lot of really good actors um, in the show, and I and I love that because like a lot of times you get these TV shows. Mm-hmm. And for me, Mario, Mario's like family. Mm-hmm. Like Mario has he has pedigree. Mm-hmm. And Mario brings the best of the things that I love. He brings like the highbrow and he brings the lowbrow. Because y'all don't know anything about Mario Peoples and these B movie action flicks I used to watch in the eighties <laughs> when I would go rent the VHS and how fine he was. But he's still fine now. But back in the day, it was like, what Mario? He doing this? He's kicking butt. So it's like he's bringing a lot of experience. And if you don't know who Mario Van Peebles shoot. is, you need to shoot. Especially, please. Please hang yourself right you now. You know what? You need to right stop now. it. You don't know. Oh, please. And it's like and his dad. Yes. And he it's right. like you don't know. And it's like these great new actors. And then, like I we said, we probably I, wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for yeah, father. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like you know the whole the genre. So how are the numbers doing? How are people receiving the show? Right, let, me, let me go back to your oh, question go ahead. Go ahead. about how I got involved. This was an idea that was developed internally at Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Really. And, and then uh, and then. Um, Mario and the executive producer Sherman or Joel Thompson worked on it together to flesh it out. Okay. Into, it was a, a pitch, pitched back to sci-fi as a fully worked out show, and they greenlit it. But Joel had never run a show solo before, and so NBC Universal, that owned sci-fi, wanted, in a sense, adult supervision. <laughs> tell it. That's, tell that's us, real. tell us. I mean, tell us. Real. I, I've known Joel Thompson since he was a first time writer on Boomtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that show. That was, yeah. Paris was on there. I, yeah. I missed that show. Mm-hmm. And so when, when Sci Fi wanted Joel to have someone with him, mm-hmm. like Driver's Ed, mm-hmm. Joel said, I want Larry Andrews. Oh, right. 
and and they said, well, get him, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they helped Joel out to to be there to help him right. do the water. It's a very difficult water. So running your first show, right, was a privilege, right, right. Uh, and the sweet in the pot, they said, if you want to direct, we can make that happen too. Really? So that's how it came about. Yeah, I was going to yeah. get into that. Okay. Because you know, Chris Chris shadows people sometimes because he's trying to do some episodic stuff too. Even though he's a feature guy mainly, but um, so how did how did that? They work offered. Out for you? Wow. I didn't play hard to get. So did you just shadow whoever was uh, the shadow. They, they said here he, you're going to direct an episode of the show. <laughs> Listen, See, I, I, I've been in the pilot. He been in for hey he been in the game. Who, who did the pilot? Like who directed the pilot? Uh, Mario. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. There we go. Okay. I mean, I, I've been the writer on set mm-hmm. for all of these shows. I, I've been shadowing directors. Right, right, yeah. Right, right. You know, since, even even when you were were, were a PA on a commercial. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Since Dangerous Minds right. ever since the '30s, it feels like. <laughs> since he was seven. Okay. And, and since so, he was watching the R Gang. Yeah. You know, okay. <laughs> doing his super A's, like he'd oh, been ready. Okay. He'd been ready. <laughs> <laughs> and so to go one chair over to direct felt so organic. I, right. I was surprised by how organic it right. felt mm-hmm. because as I was sitting there as the writer producer, I would go, you're not going to use that shot, are you? In my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I've been doing my own director's yes. commentary on, on yes. their work forever. Yes. So when I, when I got the chair, first of all, it, it's a grueling job. Mm-hmm. We, I wish I were 20 years younger. So mm-hmm. I can just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what, the, what the, the director's guild now has is that you have to take a, a day-long, basically, driver's ed course mm, if, right. you're, if you're a first-time director. Right. And it is, I've obviously talked to Paris about that. It, it's a phenomenal thing. Right. I, I, I would have done it for the second right. day. And one of the things that they say is you want to create an, an atmosphere of gratitude on set. Mm-hmm. And so praise people publicly. Mm-hmm. Bring people into your circle. Admit what you don't know. Uh, and and people people will give you the, they want to help you yeah that they want right. to take help notes you. on those people right. take well, notes right. if they feel heard right mm-hmm. and like you said that that feeling of gratitude and you, setting that tone on your side mm-hmm. yeah. you know here's the thing that uh, such a such a crazy there's a crazy stereotype about like who like how who controls what mm-hmm. on a movie set or right. on a TV set. And it's like where people make the mistake is they think as a director, you have to know everything. Right. You, you can't. No, you don't. You don't. And, 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 and there's so many people around who are supposed to know the things you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, and the, the humility yes. is the key to why people are successful and why people like, I can't do it. Right. And they make a short or they make a feature first time and they kill themselves and then they can't do anything because the, the, like everyone's there to make it work for you, right. you have to recognize that and, and be thankful. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like you know. I remember what's his name was telling me this. Um, Billy Ray was like, know everyone's name on the set. Yes, right? know everyone's name, and maybe yeah. it takes you a couple of days because you got to meet you got to meet forty new people that yeah. day, um, and you shouldn't treat the, the 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 crew any different from the cast in terms right. of what because they're all there to make it work for right. you, and if they're not. And if they're not making it work for you, because something you did, it's a machine. If a it's, machine it's, isn't it's, it's, oil, it's, it's, it's really right. something you did right. because those people know I'm working. I got to get this job done. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's not go late. Right. And there's all that stuff that can make a day terrible. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the, that's what everyone is there to do. And 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 you're right. Now you as a director have to. You know, 
you can watch them on and say no one's using that shot for anything. But but, <laughs> but, 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 but that's the thing that they don't know. Right. That and and that's the only thing that they don't know. That and and they probably know everything else because on a TV show, let's just say the prop person, mm-hmm. and you come in and you're directing episode with thirteen. He's done the other twelve episodes. Right. <laughs> he's done, you know, for the eight days. So what he's done, you know, he's answered every question that every director's had for eight episodes. Right. He, it's just so that's where you people don't realize that you're not this kind of like, you know, this Eric von Stroheim type of person, yes. you know, mm-hmm. and you can't be. Right. You know, you should. Well, there's be. no time because yeah. if you are, people just shut down and, right. Right. and they cover their ass. Right. right. Yeah. Right. right. Although they just give you the minimum. Because yeah. guy just or woman is, is just mm-hmm. you know have is dealing with some ego and then or, you won't or work some again. Father issues, right? Right. That right. Father right. Issues. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work it out. I'll give an example of something that I did organically, but looking back was the way I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two different guns. It, it, my episode is about a haunted military base, okay. and a character is about to kill themselves, and we're trying to figure out what kind of gun this person could have got their right. hands on. And so the prop woman came to me with two different guns. I had one this gun, but she said, really, he should have this gun. This is what he can get. Right. What do you want to do? And I, and I said, and I meant this. I said, from the first day I met you, I've trusted your judgment. Let's go with your recommendation. And she melted. Right. Mm. They appreciate yeah. that. Mm. They, they're heard. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, right. just the little things. Right. right. Well, you, right. Well, see, yeah, because that's a classic example. She's done the research to choose the gun. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's not going to come out to you and go, well, here's a, you know, here's a musket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's not going to do that. Right. And it's Saturday night special. <laughs> you know, so what you want to do? You know, because she's got the script. She's read the script. She's like, find out what props. Mm-hmm. She, she's got to do her work to know. She's probably like, Probably four guns to, that I might be able to get. Let me call someone. Mm-hmm. They they all know some some. They all know like like some consultant. What do you right. think? Oh, this or this. Boom, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna present it to you. They're not gonna present you with shit. They're right. gonna give you stuff that they know is gonna look good on camera, right. and they know is gonna be like okay. So what works with the narrative? Mm-hmm. Because they want to be you know. I mean, look every position of of department head thing has got some award thing somewhere mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and you know what they want that recognition from their peers right. and they get that if you give them the empower the, them to empower them yeah. always get to power the people because ultimately they're going to say so so directed that this is what Larry directed it's mm-hmm. always going to so so that's always going to be there so there's, there's never a need to push that right. i'm directing you know mm-hmm. there's no there's no never a need for that uh I, also, no, make decisions. Mm-hmm. Know what you want. Um, and I mean, I finished early every day. Oh, oh nice. you! Everyone really loves the crew. Love that. Yes. You're Especially coming back. Okay. Okay. Five minutes early. Yeah. They like next time you direct. Like yeah. if something goes yeah. wrong, we go whatever he wants. You get it. Like, Larry goes. Season okay. two. <laughs> season two, Larry. We're giving you three. Yeah, so we give you episode there. <laughs> the right. premiere and the finale. Right. We'll give, absolutely. We'll, yeah. Yeah. well, not that one. Okay. Larry's okay. directing. Right. We like you, Mario. You good? My man brings us in on time. But you know what? Trust me. You're acting. You're acting in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need you to be. Hey, Mario, listen to this. <laughs> I didn't say it. They did. <laughs> Mario's my cousin. He okay. So when is your when is your episode going to air? Uh, that early, way I can be ready. That's a good question. I'm, I'll see the cut when I get home. Because um, uh, have people been live tweeting and stuff? Because you know I'm a I'm a live tweet junkie. Is it thirteen episodes? Is it thirteen uh, episodes? episodes. 12 episodes. 12 episodes. So, so I'm I'm not sure of my air date yet. Okay. I, I will tell you if I knew. Okay. 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 But it's probably it's it's probably late January. I've had to guess. Okay. And is it well like episode ten? Exactly. Okay. Episode ten. Okay. Episode 10. okay. okay. And I wrote episode eleven as well. Okay. Uh, I got to write my Groundhog's Day 
that episode, which I've always wanted to do one of those um, episodes. On a military base. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I mean. Oh, the next one. I mean, the, the next, next one. one next one, okay. Because one of my favorite episodes is uh, Star Trek's Cause and Effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted, always wanted to write one of those. Oh, that's awesome. I said I, I knew that you would know that episode. Oh God, oh, please! <laughs> <laughs> so what has the like? I asked, I asked you before, like, what, what has the reception to the show been? Uh, really positive. Mm-hmm. You know, we are holding our breaths. You know, in our yeah. in our writers' room, we either said they're either gonna love it, or they're really gonna hate it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because black folk can be critical, right? As I'm and of course, some people and some people who criticize it too. Of course, of course, you know they're going to compare it to other shows. Right. You have to write something up for bitch flip, and they're going to be like, and yeah, and they're going to yeah. be like, oh, well, they're copying off. Because one of the things I saw, Chris was like, oh, this show is just just like uh, super supernatural. Right. They're just taking a, a supernatural. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, like, like. Black people don't have stories or right. things that happen to them, or we don't experience stuff. Like mm-hmm. only white people can have stuff that happens in right. a kind of gothic, supernatural Southern kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? But to you me, know? to me, I, I hate when people. I mean, to a certain extent, I, I when people compare something to another show that maybe in the similar genre, I'm just kind of like, they're not the same characters, exactly. so it doesn't matter if right. they. Do you know how many what? How many hospital dramas there are? Yeah. Yeah. How many cop shows yeah. there I mean, are? But here, here's the thing: the, pe- the the characters on Supernatural and the characters on Superstition could have the same thing to deal with. Right. Their characters will make the way they, the the way they deal with the it differently, it differently, and the show will be different. Right. So it didn't matter if it's the exact same. The setting makes this, it all this, different. This, I mean, the, the exact same problem right. shows up. The exact same bad guy. Right. And, and Eric Kripke, Kripke didn't create Ghost Hunters. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> an idea. Yeah. 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 So um, he just created a twelve season hit. That's yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. He's at the third house on Golden <laughs> Island and fucking the Kripke. Right. Like that. So let me just ask you a quick question before we wrap up. So do you feel like 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 directing has has enhanced your writing. Do you feel like you learned some things that you're going to think about when you're writing now? Oh yeah. Like that? Uh, now I'll be like, do I really want to get up at five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Stop it right now. Did it have to be on the water in November? <laughs> right. Did I have to do it at night in the cold? Yeah. yeah right. right. See, funny. well, see. Okay, that's an interesting thing you bring up because <laughs> that's the one thing I think a lot of writers. Who don't get up and do the job of directing? Which is why you see most TV shows are during the day because yeah. they know that at night is it's, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Right. I mean, and people can comp- and it's and a movie is different because you might stretch that out over right. like several days mm-hmm. or several nights, but you don't have that and to flip to turn around and shooting at night to schedule everything. It's a flip, but it's like, but I think a lot of right there's so many writers who get mad when the director has changed what's going to happen. Right. But it's like you got to get up at five. <laughs> And get up at five doesn't mean that. I mean, you probably want to sleep later because you got to prep your shot list and everything like this. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that you're not. I don't think. The, I don't think the writers are really realizing what you have to do, right. that the director has to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to me, the biggest thing that I always learn from writing and then directing something is, I don't need to say as much. An actor, yes. an actor can give, give, give me, an actor can give me a look. Right. Oh, I don't need to say this line, and it's just you know, mm-hmm. boom. Or and and that's the cool thing about doing. A show like your show right. is that you got super talented actors, right. and those people can they, they bring stuff that you as the writer can't conceive. Mm-hmm. And if you're smart, you'll you'll listen to it <laughs> and use it, right. Yeah, right? As opposed to saying, "But I wrote it." It says here <laughs> that she finds a red cup. <laughs> <laughs> Cares about your freaking red cup? Okay, <laughs> what it said. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. So what else are you working on? And you're doing the show and stuff like that. Are you writing some other scripts? What's like? What else do you want to no, do? I, I just came from directing. We just wrapped a season. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm going to have a very happy hiatus. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm off to Tokyo on Thursday. Oh, really? Oh, look at you. Take some, take some time off. Mm-hmm. And there are three other things that are that are circling. I'm not sure which one's going to happen mm-hmm. first or in what order. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a very happy 2018. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at That'd you. Awesome, Do you guys know if you got another season? We don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, but it, it's, a, it's a sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. US. It's a Netflix show worldwide. Oh, right. And this, that's, that's right. unfair. Mm-hmm. Because there's plenty of shows I want to see that Netflix should put on, but because we're in the United States, right. you know, they have to get back to everybody else. I'm like, yeah, but you need to some get, bullshit. Yeah, we talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> Is what? We did talk offline about mm. getting Netflix stuff. Right, you start, you're mm-hmm. talking over the. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. shouldn't be saying what I want to say anyway. Put it in your journal right there. Like, so, I mean, yeah. there, are, there are other factors besides the U.S. audience right. numbers right. that will def- decide a second season. Right. But we should know early. I mean, as soon as the run is done, we should know pretty pretty quickly. Okay. Well, hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Where are you shooting? News. Georgia? Atlanta, yeah. Come on, okay. Atlanta. I actually know in Congress, which is like 35 minutes south of Atlanta. I mean, there's a couple other network shows there, too. The 100 is there. Right. Oh, right, right. Like, like literally a quarter mile away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know the people out in Congress, they be saying, oh, we we part of the... AT, we we part of the ATL. Oh, it's like people <laughs> we're ATL adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Larry. Man, we uh, it's been it, so man. much fun. Oh, thanks definitely. so much. I told you we were gonna have fun. I know, I know, I know. And I'm excited. And once yeah. again, Sci-Fi Channel. That's right. Friday nights. <laughs> I need you to get on it. Hire me for your public relations if you need to for social media. And somebody needs to call me when my shows are coming on. Right. And I'm expecting them to be a little bit later than they were. But it's okay. Right. It's all good. I'm, I'm sure happy. the world will get back after this. No, no. It's okay. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. And I'm excited. I, I wish you guys this, another second this is season. This dropping tomorrow. This Great. Going tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So people, make sure you're out there watching. Superstition things yeah, superstition. Yeah. Hey, superstition. Hey, 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 hey. on the wall. <laughs> Come on hey. now. And shout Y'all out young to, folk, young folks. Yeah, and shout out to. We, we couldn't afford that song. Yeah. <laughs> and, sh- and shout out to Mario Peoples for, yes. you know, bringing, I mean, he. hey, I'm telling you, he's doing good things and I'm Dr. really excited Mario to see him. Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, I'm real excited Mr. about that. Mr. <laughs> Mario. So excited to have that and all the, the actors. Look. Yes. Bishop. Yes. <laughs> the Deaconess. Are you uh, you on in social media? You on Twitter? I am. I'm on Instagram? Twitter at 18 to 49. At 18 to 49. And the numbers? Yeah, at, I mean, at 18 to 49. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Which, okay. Is not, which is not my dating range. It's actually... <laughs> I don't the, know. I heard <laughs> it's the demo. It's the Somebody demo. told me he's he's ready. Demo. demo. Thank yes. you, Chris. Thank you. Nah, the nah. demographic. Somebody told me you was at the club. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me while I whip it out. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Not doing Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Goodness Where gracious. Where you at, Chris? I am at unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on shadowboxercinema.net. Remember the merchandise is dropping. I guess tomorrow. Should I get right. to, I we need to, to do the day? Drop it. Exactly. To do, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. That's where I am. Mm-hmm. Tell us what the merchandise is. What's it going to be? Uh, so there's going to be a, like a 2001 coffee mug. There's going to be a um, Seven Samurai T-shirt. There's cool. going to be a uh, Cinema Queens T-shirt. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's going to sell. What? Yeah. And the Cinema Queens has all the. It's got the names. The, yeah, the, yeah. Okay, it's right. got the seven. The seven. <clears throat> you know, I was just trying to figure out like who were like who's, who's making noise right now, basically. Is know? it in any particular order right. the way you believe, or you just uh, put the names? On? I just put it in alphabetical order. Okay, I didn't okay. want to like. Safe. That's yeah, that's I didn't yeah. want to do anything right, else. So, right. Yeah. So they don't feel like they're being ranked. Like <laughs> just put it in order of their star meter. You know, that's always fluctuating. So no, but you know, because I find you know, like the woman. 
I'm a Asante. You know, what I mean, I, I don't think people have seen Dry White season right? you know, and like enough, so they should just know that. Just I, I don't know. And then Victoria Mahoney, although she's, I think she she did one feature film with Zoe Kravitz, and then she did some episodes of. Uh, so I'm thinking of yeah, um, some episodes right. of Queen Sugar, but mm-hmm. she's doing because Amanda did Bell and yeah. and you're gonna are you gonna and um you gonna have Uzan Palsy. That'd be the second one. That'd be the second one from Dry White Season? Yeah. Okay. But the thing about Victoria Mahoney is that, is that she's doing the Octavia Butler show with Ava. So mm-hmm, right. that's why it was like, she. you may not know her yet, but she's doing it. Yeah, but, I don't mind that. But she's doing the Octavia Butler. So yeah, by the time people start so buying it, they show, know they, they get know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you at, Lisa? Uh, <laughs> I am at What Fresh Hell Is This on Twitter. Good name. Yes. Dorothy Parker. Yes. Uh, and you know, I'm always... Uh, Hanging out under the hashtags um, Saturday Night Sci-Fi with uh, Geek Soul Brother. Um, shout out to the folks who are putting on the Universal Fan Con. It's going to be here before we know it. It's coming up in April. Um, you know, Black Girl Nerds and all the rest of them, everybody's all excited. So I uh, want to shout out to we a couple. We need to have a cast of Goddamn and, and, and the writers of them on some shit like that, don't you think? I would think so. I would think so. I can make that Y'all work. need to be hidden yes. at Comic-Con. Y'all and need to yes. promote that shit. And shout out to Enda on Twitter, who was the one that originally hit me to, to Superstition right. and was saying, oh, we got to check out this show and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, let me put it on my calendar and get it together. So thanks, Enda, because I do trust your judgment when it comes to really great shows. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can hit me up on there uh, right for Pitch Flicks. Mm-hmm. Also, like I said, um, if there's any black female film critics... Um, uh, Universal Fan Con, they're trying to um, get people to give panel dis- uh, ideas for panels, and I would love to do a panel on black women film critics, mm-hmm. and I would like to have us talking about a lot of the films, the genre films that have been coming out. So if there's anybody who might be interested in doing a panel with me, I'm going to um, send in um, my panel description idea. <laughs> so if you know anybody who's a black female uh, film critic or woman of color film critic, um, please hit me up on Twitter. I like to talk and maybe put together a panel presentation that deals with that and yeah. how our voices, uh, in terms of the things, the shows that we want to be critiquing and talking about. So we should connect Larry with Black Girl Nerds. They Most need to definitely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Show. Yes. yes. There. I mean. Yes. Thousands. So Jamie, I will be hitting you up yes. and the people over there at Black Girl Nerds. Right. Yes. Exactly. Cool. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. I like that shirt you got on. That's cute. Yeah, shout out to my native peeps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. You know what? Pilar's coming next week, so we should do the Don't Sleep on Them. We got we to gotta get a script. Yes. So let's figure that out. Yes. Okay. I got something uh, for you. You got something? Okay, okay. cool. Okay. Submit it. Submit it. Let's do it. Um, um, let me think. God, so much, so much shit going on. Um, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you guys had a good one. <clears throat> this will be out tomorrow, dropping. So shout out to everybody. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, we'll be back next week with the, uh, we'll go live next week with another shit. Um, Watch Superstition, people. Yes. yes. Check out Please. Superstition. Mm-hmm. Support my man, Larry Andrews, everybody. He's doing some big shit. And um, join in with me, everybody, for 2000, not 2000, for Wakanda. And here's the thing. We just changed We it, only like, got yeah. a few more weeks <clears throat> left. Before 2018, and right. you know 2018 is the year of blackness. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. Right. Wrinkle in time. Right. That's right. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Wakanda is going to save the universe. <laughs> Did y'all see the trailer for Infinity? <laughs> yes, Please. of course. And I, I like to uh, apologize to Linnell White. Uh-oh. Because 
she and I have had this rivalry for years because you know how people rank their favorite Chris's and my Chris is Chris Pine and her Chris <laughs> is Chris Evans but um, you know sometimes a sister can be wrong <laughs> because when I saw Chris Evans and his beard right. now, I was like, like my ranking my rankings have gotten shaky <laughs> so if Captain America had, had that beard from jump right. it might have been a different story so I want to publicly apologize to my friend Linnell uh, for, you know, trying to steer me in the right way. You know, the Lord sometimes takes a long time to work through you, you know. It's mysterious You know, way, his mysterious ways. Show. He may not come when you want him to, but he's right on time. <laughs> so, Lonell, you was right, girl. So, apologies. She's going to be happy to hear that. She's going to be happy to hear right. that. Did, she, did you see her response to me? She yeah. said, on Twitter, she said, I told your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all know how we do it in the rant room with our crazy selves. <laughs> we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. What kind of? What kind of? Peace, y'all. Ciao. <laughs> I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to bowl a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.